I am John, Whoopi impersonator and a Ladrin warlock with the Warriors of the Stars. Along came Jason, my bearded friend. Fabulous secret ideas revealed to me the day he came to my house and said, I want to make a podcast! Only two others share this secret. Eric of the Loch Ness and Jacob. Together we started talking about toys, comics, games, and movies on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, voice of Ahsoka Tano, and thank you for listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show. So here we are! Woohoo! On the Super Awesome Geek Show! I'm John, your host, and today let's start with Rob Clifford. I hear he's got a little bit of news from his recent show at, uh, what is it, Rose City? City, Portland, Oregon, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, generally pretty cool show. Got to meet uh, Stan the Man uh, and shook the guy's hand. I have photo evidence uh, of said <laughs> uh, <laughs> meeting, so so. Uh, oh, God knows we paid enough for it. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, day two, I got to sit next to Stan Sakai, who uh, created Usagi Yojimbo. And uh, uh Usagi, yo, Jumbo. <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll I'll say it to you till the end of time. That guy is just just one of the coolest people I've ever met. Just ultra humble, just really kind. Um, really, you know, I mean, uh, for for a thirty uh, year veteran of the industry, thirty year plus veteran of the industry. Um, uh, and, and, uh, you know, I would consider the guy a legend to, to, for, for him to treat a, uh, you know, rookies around him as if they were peers is, is says yeah. it's about the guy. Oh yeah. You know, just, just wonderful, wonderful human being. So, so, so tell me, tell me, I gotta, I gotta ask, did you, yes, did you get to sit there and like actually talk to him at during different periods? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like just like kind of sit down and you guys just talk in the off time or something. Like I mean, oh, yeah, definitely. Really? Wow. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, he was he was, you know, literally tabling next to me. Wow. With uh, with his uh, son-in-law, uh, and uh, yeah, we were just shooting the breeze pretty much the entire day. Uh, you know, when he wasn't doing a panel, of course, yeah, yeah, assigning, and I mean, he had he had a nice line going a good chunk of of the time, so. Um, he was, uh, very, very busy through, through, through most of the day. Uh, but boy, I'll tell you, uh, the, one of the coolest moments for me at the very end of that day, I, I, um, I was doing sketches on watercolor paper at the, at the show and, and I, I passed him one and asked him if there was any way I could trouble him just for an autograph, you know, so I could kind of commemorate the, the, the meeting and whatnot. And, I kid you not, he just, he, he took it, and then he sat there for, for a second. I thought he was going to sign it. No, he just started sketching and wound up doing, like, a full little watercolor painting for me. Of oh the my was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, just super nice. Just incredible guy. I'm just, you know, still kind of blown away at the whole experience. Um, so let's get a little bit of Usagi uh, background here now. Um because when I was a child, my first time that I encountered Usagi Ojimba was on Ninja Turtles. Yeah, um, totally. But I understand that he was a comic before sort of going alongside the Eastman and Laird Ninja Turtles stuff, right? And then they so kind of was... brought the universes together in, or, or something? Is that what happened? 
Well, uh, so Usagi was always creator-owned, so so yeah. he could kind of go wherever he wanted to. Uh, and it, very first, it was published in a book called Albedo, uh, Albedo Anthropomorphics, in the like early mid '80s. I want to say '84-ish. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I, I mean, that was that was Eastman and Laird time too. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, the anthropomorphics were really kind of an answer to. Um, what Eastman and Laird had done with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for for the most part. I mean, okay. uh, the whole you know anthropomorphic animal thing became like a a big a big uh, 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 genre there for a few years, and then for the most part, kind of petered out. Um, uh, but but for like the that that chunk from like eighty four to say like eighty eight, eighty nine, even you know, um, like that was that was a pretty big thing, and you had books like Quack, yep. Um, and well, even uh, even concrete around that time was sort of I I always felt like was sort of in that same vein. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, yeah. you can correct me if you think you differently, but I just kind of felt like it was in with that same group, and I was surprised that he never sort of melded with them as much. <laughs> well, concrete was kind of its own little yeah. piece. Paul Chadwick uh, wrote a real masterpiece with that series, but but it never quite got the readership that that's such a good series you you think would 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 engender but yeah um but it's actually been picked up from my understanding for a movie or a series of its own now in on uh, hmm? make a good one yeah 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 i mean i could i could see that working as like a nice serial you know uh yeah i think it would be really cool well, then, um, and then we'd have to have, but then we do have to get Usagi up on the screen somewhere then, because we got the turtles, and if we get concrete, we got to get Usagi. <laughs> that would be cool. I mean, that, that would be pretty sweet. Um, but uh, yeah, so so Usagi uh, was was probably the only big thing that came out of Albedo Anthropomorphics, really. Um, and and uh, they did some some team up stuff, you know, where where uh, Stan Sakai worked with Eastman and Laird did some issues of the Turtles, uh, introduced Usagi in that universe, which is where a lot of people um, uh, got to got to uh, know the the character, uh, and then did uh, some spin off stuff like Space Usagi. Yeah. Um, but for a while, if I remember correctly. I think Usagi was published over at Mirage for a, for a bit uh, before it went. Uh, I, I think it's a Dark Horse now. I believe so. Yeah, and yeah. The, the Turtles ended up over at Dark Horse for a while too, didn't they? Uh, or my, I, 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 I yeah, because I they had Star Marvel ones for the cartoons, and then I I don't yeah I I, I could be wrong, but I thought they did end up over at Dark Horse for a little bit, and then. I know they were at. Um, they they've been with Mirage on on you know one level or another. Of course, you know since that's you know the the kind of in house publishing wing of uh, for 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 Eastman and Laird. But uh, they they uh, I think let's see IDW has it now. Yeah. Um. So they must license it out like the movie or TV cartoon rights and other things to different publishers. Then is what must have happened, yeah, right? Uh, just just like any other property, you know, yeah. it'll jump from from one to another like uh star wars is a great example has been with uh had been with dark horse for 21 oh, years yeah, yeah. Was, and then moved to marvel where it had been in the 70s and early 80s uh so uh, you know that's a property that wound up you know jumping back and forth a little bit um 
ROM Space Knight. Oh, yeah. It's over at IDW now. Uh, yeah, yeah, all over at uh, all over at IDW. And dude, I uh, love. Have you read the Micronauts? I'm loving it. I have not. Um, I I have not as of yet. I'm uh, really focusing at the moment on on trying to keep with Rebirth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's just there's so many books, I and know. they you know, they know. come out like bi-weekly so so it, it gets a little overwhelming it can yes i know so you, you got yeah. it you got to pick you're right i mean i i i cut down on a lot of my marvel because i wanted to get more star wars and uh i've been i've been enjoying <clears throat> oh what's the recent one i just got from from rick remender uh just oh it's like the just d starts with a d uh I know I've got to have it right around here somewhere. Dev, Dev, Devolution. Oh, I on, uh, on Dynamite. Dynamite's doing it. Oh, okay. No, it's I like it's like de evolution. You know what I mean? Sort of. Sure. sure. Yeah. Like people yeah, sure. evolving. It's uh, it's Rick Remender and John Wastrack, uh, George mm-hmm. Boyd. So the, I've been I've been loving it. And uh, nice. Yeah, but so I mean, I guess I, I guess you could say I've been getting more into the creator own side. Sure. As I you know, I don't know if you want to say maybe as going over 40, my reading is maturing. I don't know what you call it. Right. You know, that's legit. I mean, your taste do change over time. Yeah. yeah. I feel that. that, um, Don't get me wrong. I'm always going to love Marvel superheroes, you know, but I'm just, I'm just starting to get to the point where the comics are getting out of hand. And Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm down to only collecting like Spider-Man and, uh, I'm fo- I follow X23 everywhere she goes, so uh-huh, <laughs> I'm uh-huh. still on that. Sorry, but it's <laughs> oh, like no. I'm like on two superhero titles, and that's like it. And everything else from Marvel is Star Wars, and then I'm getting all these creator-owned things like Saga and mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Low and Black Science, and I mean Rick Remender. I'm I mean I, there's three of his books I pick <laughs> up, you know. Yeah, he's on a he's on a real roll right now. And I just uh, got um that cryptocracy or whatever it was called. Like cryptology and um, decoding, what do they call? You know, like encryption and crap. It's yeah, really cool, huh? Cryptographics. Yeah, something like that. Whatever. Yeah, I, I I'm at a loss for the word that I'm looking for. My brain's not working, I guess. But I like I like that book. And then uh, of course, Lady Mechanica. <laughs> oh my gosh, every one of those Lady Mechanicas. I just every story I've loved. Oh, Joe Benitez's art is just spectacular too. I mean, the 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 fine detail that that he throws in there is ridiculous. I just can't believe how you could draw a page like that and get books out relatively on time because it's like there's so much drawing and intricacy in there that I'm like, dude, the, each page must take you a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fast. You know, the, some folks are just fast workers. Some folks, you know, have 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 figured out their schedule so they do this stuff months ahead of time. Yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. um, getting ahead I, is a good good Oh thing yeah. Like I like I like the saga schedule. I think that's one of the best ones in the industry for an indie comic. You know, they they do six issues on, uh take 3 months off. During that 3 months they were uh, they drop the trade and then they're on for another six issues. Yeah. Uh and and it, it gives them works. time to do the rest and sort of get it out, you know? Yeah. Well, exactly. It, it, it gives them a little bit of room to, to be able to work on the art. Um, you know, I mean, uh, it, it takes a while to, 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 to do all of that. 
you know so so and if you want to make a successful long going ongoing book you've got to discuss more storylines and where things are going to go way in the future oh yeah and and you've got to have this plan and then how to get from here to there then if you're trying to do it real fast and put out books quick you're going to lose sight of that but if you can take those two or three months off Mm-hmm. And sort of mold that story and have a clear idea where you're going. And, right? and I think also I, I agree with that. And and also I think that um, it allows for regularity in in the series, right? So so if you get behind when you're when you're just doing it month to month to month, you don't really have any room to to, to go. And and I, I think that arguably. Um, consistency in in output is one of the biggest drivers here for 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 indie comic sales. If if yeah. you like like miss a couple months, that's a big problem. And if you miss several months, your your audience is going to completely cool down. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Like uh, and I they s- and they know when you're delaying. You know what I mean? You're like it's like you oh, hear like you that. hear people being like, "Damn it, this." guys delayed again you know oh I, sure yeah like uh you heard it all about uh um uh sandman when when it uh, the last sandman that that uh that that came out uh with jh uh, williams doing the artwork that's true um, overture and, right yeah 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 and and he is a you know master at, at what he does and he wasn't willing to compromise his art and dc knows what his schedule is like i mean they they, they understand because they've worked with him on several series in the past. So they know that it takes him like a week to do a two page fully painted spread. So, so the fact that they solicited it before like four issues were in the can is idiocy. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot of, um, like what you call DC vertigo's part, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that well, was, I mean, are they still vertigo? I mean, they're really just DC now, right? They don't, um, Verti- they still have a vertigo imprint and they still do create our own stuff on it. So it's just okay. not quite the okay. powerhouse it used to be. And I see, uh, I don't think that they, I, I feel like they tried to depower it or almost kill it. Uh, a, a, you know, a few years back when they rolled a bunch of their power players into mainstream DC, but, uh, but it, it's that, you know, little you know engine that could or the meat that <laughs> die or, or whatever but it's putting out some pretty cool stuff right now um, but anyway let's get uh let's get christina like don't you have one final point on comics let's get christina into the conversation oh no, um, the, yeah i'm here somewhere <laughs> uh, the only other thing i was gonna say is that that my tastes have typically gone toward indie comics uh for the last like five six seven years now uh, especially uh, so so this uh, so me jumping back into the big two is is kind of the oddity for me, um, but uh, with beyond, uh, or with rebirth basically being kind of a course correction from New Fifty Two and them adding a lot of the elements that I really loved about DC in the first place back into the universe, it, it's really got me interested in, in seeing where they're going with it, and they really kind of won me over. So that's why I'm so involved with reading so much rebirth right now cool all right so hello christina and welcome to the show you've been listening i hope you learned something from our little comic book chat there (laughs) Um, a little bit yeah so how have you been this week uh tired did you know the whole outdoor ed thing but uh it was fun and nature-ish and um yeah and 
got some rogue one toy uh pops and <laughs> what recovered from all the outdoorsness by watching luke cage so there you go <clears throat> so rogue one pops you uh i i i know you picked up the darth vader but let's see who else and did Jen you grab Urso. i got jen or so and then i got is that how you say your name yeah yeah jen or um and and then um I got the little a little figure of the black robot. Oh man, the K- letters are escaped. K two S O. Yeah, K two S O. I got him. That's cool. So, um, and then yeah, and then I watched Luke Cage. So, uh, speaking of Star Wars, first we had we just had, um, Go Rogue, Star Wars Force Friday come out, and uh, I picked up. The two ships, the TIE Fighter and the U-Wing. Well, it's the TIE Striker, I guess is what they're calling this version of it. And the U-Wing. And then I picked up all the Black Series figures, including the Toys R Us Special Edition, uh, you know, the exclusive that they had, the driver for the hover tank. Mm -hmm. And then I picked up all the uh, three and three quarter inch, except I realized I missed Sabine. So I think, and I haven't seen her anywhere i've seen all the other figures because i went out and i saw every single figure at target and at fred meyer except for sabine so sabine might be the hardest one and she's from rebels which i thought was funny i was like oh okay so none of the rogue one characters are actually rare it's the one from rebels that's the rare one that no one's going to be that's able to find <laughs> oh yeah and i got i forgot i got a gin or so uh what is it at the I want to say three point whatever figure. <laughs> it's the, not the black. Yeah, the the, the small Six three point figure, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. we'll call them four inch because that's easier to say. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so well, I, and so they're they're sitting there next to my Ray and her. So I'm still missing that one Ray pop. Still looking for that one Ray pop. But... I still check every time I'm in there. So yeah, Whoops. that's why that's that's why in the group message group mail I put you know I'd be willing to trade the Rogue One Vader for. <laughs> Yeah, it's too bad because Chris Perillo's already got the Vader. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he, he would want the Vader, yeah. I know there's a couple guys that are Vader Vader dudes, so I was like, hmm, maybe someone will trade with me. Um, Ryan, you know, my friend Ryan is a Vader guy, too. Maybe I'll uh, shoot him a text after this recording and see if um, he's got the Vader yet. And if he doesn't, maybe I can get him to... There was like do a trade with you. Two Vaders at Target and like ten Jen or so. So um, I was like, well, alrighty then. And this was on Saturday, <laughs> so I was like, well, hey, look at me go. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're going to be as scarce as it was when Force Awakens came out. You know. I think they've they've kind of learned something. Like, hello, all these people want these. <laughs> Yeah, well, that too, and uh, I think the main movies are the ones that most of the public is going to be interested in, whereas the right. side shots, I think, were just for the fans, because we only had six people in line. We ended up... I'll play the clip. I'm here at Toys R Us for the Star Wars Rogue One action figure release. Derek, tell me what one you're looking for. I'm looking for K2. K2 is going to be awesome, plus all the weird aliens like Mormoth. Do you want the two-pack? Yes, I do want the two-pack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is is, uh, is Pow, that alien, coming out today? I don't know, but if he is, I'm totally crawling over shelves getting him. Crawling over shelves, huh? You're, you're just going to shove kids out of the way, knock the shelves down? Is that your plan? 
I'm a scruffy looking nerf herder, yeah. <laughs> Derek, how much fun are you having just being in line here? It is awesome. You don't know how often I get to talk about Star Wars at work, which is zero. <laughs> <laughs> Any other figures you really want to grab? If Krennic's available, dude, that cape is epic. That's like Lando epic. I totally need it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Chris, you want to tell us what you're looking for? Anything? All the things. No. Oh, all the things. Actually, I'm 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 gonna play it conservative uh, this time. I I, uh, I know that, judging by our line, I guess at South Center, they have uh, 25 people in line, and we have one, two, three, four, five, six. The dark six. <laughs> we are the dark six. Um, so I'm not too worried. I, I do want to get a couple of the uh, uh, the exclusive Toys R Us. Uh, I think they're the, the tank troopers. Yeah, something like that. Uh, uh, something like that. Yeah. I haven't quite memorized everybody's names. Yeah, uh, me Definitely into any kind of aliens, creatures, and whatnot. Uh, of course, as you know, you were a part of my toy run with, with Jake. Yeah. Uh, where we got to look at a lot of the, the Rogue One stuff, including the at-act, if that's how we're going to say it. Um, so I have a lot of them already. But I definitely want some in the in the boxes, uh, and the ones that that I don't have are specifically the aliens, like Pow or what is it? Is it Moraf? Moraf. Uh, haven't quite memorized everything. Yeah. Hopefully, they're not going to get zuvioed. We'll see. Uh, but even if they are, I mean, they look, they look pretty. Uh, they look pretty cool. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, outright. So that's like kind of fun. Well, yeah, but he he looks like a Lumpy from a Star Wars Christmas Special. So all I need is an Akmina. And no, actually, I'll have Akmina. Um, the, the Golden Girls, F F Funko's going to do the Golden Girls uh, uh, action figures. So we're on our way to having a Star Wars Christmas special figure set eventually, I think. Just a lot of custom. So no, I, I just, of course the figures, I think, is are, are primarily what I'm looking for. Cool. Yeah, nice. Hey, John, he said he wouldn't mind if you want to. Oh, yeah, let's do it, yeah. All right. <laughs> Give us your name and tell us what you're looking for tonight. Uh, my name's Matt Rex, and I'm looking for probably the hover tank pilot figure is my number one thing. And uh, I kind of want the Sphero Force Band. That looks awesome, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't understand how it works. I don't. I, I have a Sphero, but I'm interested to, to try the band. Yeah, yeah, I have the Sphero BB-8, and I don't understand how I'm supposed to move my hand around and move it. But that sounds like it could be really cool. I know, and I liked how it said there was like a tracking feature so it could follow you around or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Armor wear. I, I, I was clicking on all the descriptions <laughs> like, oh, I gotta see how what this thing does. I'm gonna see how many people I can annoy at work with that thing then. Yeah. I'm following me around <laughs> everywhere. I wonder if it'll still beep because the beep coming out, it came out of the phone, right? Oh, it'd be really smart if they had a mic on the band. Yeah, right? Yeah. Or uh, a speaker on the band, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, both. Yeah. You could tell, <laughs> yeah, you could tell it. it to do yeah. it, yeah. That's cool, that's cool. Yeah, um, so uh, how long have you been a Star Wars fan? Oh, my whole life. So, well, I, I mean, there's that period when you're born and you don't know what anything is yet. Sure, but as yeah. soon as I was cognizant and aware <laughs> from that point forward, whenever that is, from that point on. Uh, but, yeah, from a very young age, I saw, I think I probably saw A New Hope on VHS or Beta or something. And that was it from then on. Yeah. That, that opening scene, it just grabbed you, right? Oh, Star Destroyer. Come on. That's I, yeah. yeah, it doesn't get more <laughs> epic than that. Nothing. My parents say the same thing. They were like, as soon as you saw that ship, you were just like stuck. And it was forever with me. Yeah, and then I think also just, I think another scene that really grabbed me was when Obi-Wan chops off Ponda Baba's arm. Like there was just something super like, whoa, 
yeah. things got real, oh. real fast. <laughs> like, this is not all fun and games. This is like, there's some serious business going down. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a lifelong fandom for me. It's great. Yeah. And now it's become a tradition. I think this was the first movie where, where someone didn't lose a hand, right? Oh, yeah. That's true. Force Awakens, I think, was the first one where no one lost a hand. Oh, thanks, JJ. <laughs> yeah, for all the complaints that it ripped off of the other movies, it didn't. No one lost a hand. That's like the cardinal sin. Maybe in Rogue One, someone will get a hand blown off, or Vader will cut someone's hand off. Or I think something. there's going to be a lot of parts blown off in Rogue One. <laughs> I know. I'm excited. I have to. I half expect none of them to live. Yeah, I don't know. I was. We were. My buddy and I were talking about that earlier. Of like, who's gonna. Who's gonna make it out of this? You know. Yeah, because some are gonna die. They got it right. Too, have yeah. to, yeah. They can't all make it out on this mission. Yeah, this doesn't feel like a happy kind of no. wrap-up thing. More off spin-off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> More off spin-off. Uh, all right, man. Well, hey, thanks for your time. Yeah, of course. Thank you. So we called ourselves the Dark Six because there was only six of us there, and uh, we got a little bit of audio that went with it. So, <laughs> but that was funny because um, there was only six of us in line, whereas when Force Awakens was out, there was well over a hundred people. You know, or, oh, or wow. I mean, it went around the building. So, I mean, there could have been more by the time it opened because we were no longer running down there and looking around the corner of the building to see where it ended, you know. So, and Do you think that uh, people are cooler on this one because it's not a uh, because it's not part of the uh, uh, you know, main storyline, as it were? I mean, I know that what that it involves, you know, getting the, the plans for yeah. the Death Star and what, so it plays into that, but it's not part of the you know, trilogy of trilogies. Yes, that that is what a lot of us were in the Star Wars fandom were thinking of. Uh, and a mm -hmm. lot of people were talking, I mean, well, the six of us were talking about it in line. Actually, there was only five of us talking. One guy had his headphones on and just sat there by himself. So, <laughs> so we were really only the dark five. The Number six was the, the real quiet man just sitting in the corner eating his rice, right? <laughs> if we only had one more, we could be the seven. But, no. But, um... So, what was the question? I don't, I don't ever remember. <laughs> We're the best. All right. Yeah, moving on. Oh, that's on. hilarious. <laughs> I will so, say that those new ships are badass looking. Oh, I really yeah, like I the really designs. Like, I can't wait to get some of them open. But mm -hmm. uh, Speaking of toys, though, did you see my uh, ultimate grab, the one that I, the, the box I got? Yeah, that's crazy. Did Hasbro Fortress send that Fortress Maximus is mine. So, so did, did Hasbro send that your way? No, no, I made a deal with a, a guy that I know that owns a store, and I, I, oh, I don't want to—I don't—I don't want to say how much gotcha. I got to pay for those. But um, well, you know, you don't have to. I was just—I was just kind of wondering. No, no, that—that that was actually a pre-setup deal, and um, nice. I still got to find out if he wants me to at least mention him. I—I I, I want to at least mention him when I do the video. You know what I mean? Because he gave yeah, me yeah. a deal. Um, not totally. But I did realize in the box that I. Got Got two ape face with the um, the the ape face just the heads. You know they sell for four ninety nine. They have like a head that comes with a little body that he kind of fits into, and uh, like 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 as the driver in a sense. So he's like a driver of a plane, but the plane itself turns into a little ape, and then he can go on the back of the ape and be like the silver part of the silverback ape. Okay. You know, but he also can turn into a head that can sure. fit into one of your other headmasters. Mm-hmm. That, um, Interesting, you know. And Jason was talking about how, like in the past, it used to be that the different heads would give the the uh, headmaster, like, say if 
Galvatron's a headmaster. If you put Galvatron's head on him, you know, he's Galvatron. But then when you put, say, Ape Face goes on him, you know, uh, he'll get, get, he's still Galvatron, but he gets more, like, a different set of powers or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the ape might give him more strength if he's using that one. Well, I remember with the old toys, like, uh, the all the different heads had, like, these tabs that were of different lengths. So, and there were, like, three of them, you know, in a row. And if you put the, the wrong head on the uh on uh, uh the body it just it didn't work right or, or cer- certain things didn't open up and unlock and whatnot well maybe that's what jason meant by different powers mm-hmm. you know what i mean because i don't remember that and i was so I, I don't know how they did the different powers how they reflected that in the toy is what i mean were, were the were the headmasters and pretenders like a big thing in the states it was it was what that was when everything was trailing off. So we didn't really get a lot of the, we got like six episodes uh, of the Headmaster cartoon, and that's all we ever got to see were those first six. So we know how they started and joined to become Headmasters. But okay. We never got anything after that that intro, you know. I uh, see in Japan like the toys and whatnot. I mean they were still going balls yeah. out with the toys, and so so maybe that was a Japanese only market thing that that just never eventually made it way made its way to the states, but. I got a chunk of those in my collection uh, floating around that that uh, I'm sure you'd probably get a kick out of. So, yeah, like Christina mentioned, the other thing we got on the plate is uh, Luke Cage. Oh yeah. Have, have we've all watched it then, haven't we? I just mm-hmm. finished. I just finished about 20 minutes before we started recording this episode. So <laughs> same, same with me. So yeah, John, uh, John, you had said try and watch it all. I'm thinking, okay, are we at least getting to like five episodes in and giving our thing? He's like, no, try and watch it all. I'm like, Dad, gum. I put the book aside. I was reading. I'm like, okay, I'm digging in. I even had it on during the Seahawks game. I'm all, uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> halftime comes on. Halftime comes on. I push play again. Watch, watch, watch. Half times or more that felt like a short halftime <laughs> wow <laughs> it says something if i'm watching it to finish it while a seahawks game is on that says a lot there <laughs> does that mean you really oh. liked it i really liked it and i was trying to finish it it was one of those okay i'm on episode 10 and there's three more left come on you know <laughs> so. so christina i gotta ask you so like um how did you like this one as compared to let's do it? I mean, everyone's going to do this, you know, compared to Daredevil, compared to Jessica Jones. What, what, one, two, three, what's your order right now? Uh, Daredevil, um, Luke Cage, and I never finished Jessica Jones, so that would be three. Mm. Rob, you're um, one, two, three. Mm. I'm still digging on Daredevil, I think the best. Um, and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are on pretty even footing for me. Okay. See, I'm Luke Cage, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, but I did like all three. So I'm mm-hmm. going to say my, I was telling someone to me, Luke Cage is a Daredevil and Sons of Anarchy put together, even though Sons of Anarchy is not a Marvel or anything, but it's the type of the show, the type of, um, violence. And um, and not to say that Theo Rossi is in Luke Cage, who was also in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, that was um, awesome seeing him as Shades, right? Yes. Oh, um, he was so yeah. good. 
he was <laughs> and to me it's like why am i liking this one better than i liked jessica jones and i'm like oh i know why it's the the dark the gangs the the whole the way they have to this person's check oh dude you messed up so pff, you're gone you know not that i condone shooting someone who's messed up but <laughs> but you know it's that whole thing and then in a way um I thought they did the – I didn't really care for the flashbacks much in Daredevil and Jessica Jones's confused me. But I thought the way they did the flashbacks to say how Luke Cage came to be who he was and how each of the characters came to be where they are, I thought those were done very well. Just like – and I'm going to compare it to Arrow. Um, it it lets you know – like it was – the flashbacks were at the correct time and yeah. they didn't spend too much upon it. Like when, um, I don't want to give it away, but when, you know, Luke was trapped in a certain area, they showed what he had to go through to become who he was. And I was like, mm. okay, okay. That for a while I thought, wow, they're spending a lot of time in the past, but it was appropriate. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and, and they, I, they and how one episode for the most part for, with, with a lot of the, the flashback stuff. I mean, episode yes. four was pretty much the flashback episode. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I gotta say, I was gonna say, Rob, how much did you love seeing him in that 70s costume just for a oh. second? And then oh, oh, that, that was beautiful. And then, yeah. like, you look like a damn fool. <laughs> like, yes, yes. But I loved it. I was like, are they going to do it? Are they going to do it? They got to work it in somewhere. And it was brilliant the way they worked it in. Oh, my gosh. Oh, was it, great. it was so much fun. Uh, did you see that? What was it? Not the last episode, but the episode before where his half brother. I don't want to give that yeah. away, but whatever. Spoilers. Um. Well, you didn't say who it was, so they, they, yeah, uh, yeah. Where they, where, where they, where they go and say, you look like a pimp down stormtrooper. I was like, yes. Yeah. Because he gets all the hammer tech, which I thought was awesome to mention too, because that is some real direct ties to the whole Iron Man part in the, the movie universe, you know? You got the kid on the corner selling Blu-rays of the incident. You know, yep, the best yep. place yeah. you can see Tony Stark, you know, the old yeah. guy with S.H.I.E.L.D., so on and so forth. I mean, did they do a really good job of grounding this in the greater Marvel Universe? Oh, I think yeah. better than they did in the other series. Oh, man, but you ain't no Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was it was really really solid stuff and you know what I really liked about uh, this is is that Luke Cage if you look at his 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 early comics which you know I'm sure very well John uh, they are cheesy as hell oh yeah uh, they are well, see, black exploitation trope taken to the nth degree yeah let me uh, hit one point on that real quick. Mm -hmm. here. So that's what it was. But at the first episode and I heard the intro music, I was like, oh, man, you guys didn't. Don't go back to, like, doing some kind of black exploitation kind of thing on this, you know. But then after a couple of episodes of watching it, I was like, I get the intro music now. You know, it fits perfect with the show. Oh, yeah. Because I understand, like, once you start, once you watch the show more, you understand, like, the mixture of the seventies to the today and, and that sure. music is appropriate for what. And how it's in, in it's intro to me was just as good as daredevil. Oh, like yeah. Visually wise, the slow-mo, the moving. Um, I thought that was 
I thought that was amazing in and itself. And the guy they picked to play Luke Cage, I, he could read <laughs> and he could read any novel, and I'd sit there and go, "Uh huh, yep, mm-hmm, yes," because his amazing. his voice is just like he he the way his personality is just smooth and yep and nothing bothers me yep 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 you know and i was just like this guy is awesome (laughs) one of the things that i really liked about the development of luke cage as he's kind of come along it's like he started out like really cheesy and he was basically written by a a a group of of older white White guys guys, yeah um, who were trying to sound urban and street and and they were trying to sound like they they were trying to, to 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 pigeon um the the kind of language that they heard you know in in black exploitation movies well, and, and so on and so forth were too. they trying so, to take advantage of that whole malcolm x and the what was it the panther right the panthers movie no, I, I think i think that in the 70s Mar- marvel and dc both were a little bit desperate uh, the 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 sales of of superhero comics had gone down fairly significantly and they were all throwing shit at a wall to see what stuck yeah. and so so with uh, if you look at at the tropes that that a lot of them use they they were uh they wound up trying to play off of things that were popular in movies and pop culture at that point in time so they wound up doing the black exploitation thing the kung fu thing yeah uh, yep. the, the whole you know jungle girl thing oh like, yeah that's right 70s again sheena <laughs> yep uh, <laughs> Uh, Rima the Jungle Girl. Rima, uh, yep, yep. Over over at DC, um, so you saw all of these things. Uh, sci-fi. Uh, you start uh, you started seeing a little more sci-fi and fantasy uh, playing out, like uh, 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 Conan, Red Sonia. Yep. Um, uh, you started seeing uh, stuff by uh, guys like Jim Starlin, uh, who who you know created like Thanos and Drax the Destroyer. Uh, and Captain Marvel start doing more cosmic type stuff, even in the superhero realm, you know? And so, so yeah, you got a lot of Kirby, really good Kirby uh, space art back then, right? Yeah, totally. And and, and so they were they and were good Kirby to... monster art too. Oh, they're they're that's oh yeah, saying you know, they, but well, they were the stuff from Sorry. the fifties. Sorry, Christina. No, no, no. What I was gonna say is, can, I I thought of something else. I remember when I come compared it to what you said caught my train of thought that I forgot when we when I said I'm comparing it to I forgot what I compared it to already but um, our brains are working great tonight (laughs) um when how because they're all created these superheroes by some form of accident or um freak of science or whatever um it reminded me of how uh, Deadpool. I almost no, said Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, yeah. Well, it reminded me of how Deadpool was, and I was like, okay, here's a nod to this and a nod to that, and then I'm just like, this just is great, you see, know? Yeah. See, it, it's it's similar. That was another thing I wanted to ask with Rob because I don't I don't clearly I don't as a child because I haven't read them since I was a kid. I got to pull some of these back out and like look at them again. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't remember the name Striker or even an origin like that for. Um, for Cottonmouth? For, for or, Luke Cage, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because... Uh, so, so I, it just kind of threw me back to, like... I kept having visions, like, like... Wolverine all had some connection with that Weapon X program, and Weapon X was Stryker's program. So I was like, you know, it's, 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 it is it's it is awfully similar. 
yeah, but they're completely unrelated. Yeah, you know? right. They're just like you got to figure that Cottonmouth and Diamondback both were were members of the Serpent Society in other incarnations. Yes, but but the the Diamondback and Cottonmouth uh, that were in Luke Cage were their own separate things. And this guy was Willis Stryker, not William Stryker. That's true. Yeah. Um, and William Stryker was a completely different character in the comics versus in the movies because. In the comics, he he was from uh, X Men: God Loves Man Kills, and he was a vitriolic preacher who was uh, basically uh, uh, basically preaching, you know, against muties uh, and and, and yeah. whatnot. Uh, and, and so, so that was a vastly different. And, and, and then they made him more military, like in the uh, in, in the, the movies. movies, yeah. Yeah, well, and I will have exactly. to say that you guys are giving me more of an education because you have to remember, I have not read any of these as comics. Yeah. I have only seen them as the shows that they are. Like, I never read Arrow, never read Daredevil, never read Deadpool, never read – I didn't read those as a kid. I read, like, Looney Tunes comics. So these, for me, it's just, like, I think, like, hearing the backgrounds and hearing, like, I like this and hearing – what it used to be, I'd be like, eh, no, I'll stick with the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They've made a lot of changes, you know? I mean, uh, and then kind of interestingly enough, they 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 really um, kept with a lot of the cues of the original comics. Because you got to figure this storyline plays out in the first, I want to say, I mean, uh, you got to figure Cottonmouth. I hated uh, him, by the like, way. <laughs> I did. He, he bites it in issue two of, yeah. of Luke Cage, if I remember right. Um, you know, Black Mariah winds up being a, a pretty good ongoing villain um, for a while as well. I, I like, or maybe it's Diamondback who dies in in issue two. I can't quite remember. I don't, I don't remember. Like, yeah, but most of this plays out in the very first chunk of of Luke Cage Hero for Hire. Yeah, you know, or, or, or that's what they're basing it on. And and they took all of these things that could have been awful and tropey and kind of racist and and whatnot and really made it into something respectful um that 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 really uh, i think played very well with with sensibilities of today while still homaging the original source material like like diamondback's outfit from the comics was actually or, or from the show was actually pretty damn legit compared to his comic yeah, Outfit, it just kind of looked you know? a little bit more like what today's technology would have on it. Yeah, you know? But that's really yeah. all they did. They sort of updated it to today's technology, but left it basically the same. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Yeah. And I thought the effects were awesome, especially, you know, uh, Luke Cage slamming into cars and mm-hmm. ripping, oh, yeah. ripping through things. I was like, dang, that's pretty good. But what got me was, um, oh, my brain is starting to forget you made me think of I think oh um I had a couple points when um they call each other the derogatory term every time and I'm just like whoa hey but it made me see what it's like to be in that like a friend was asking me well is it good is it any good and I said it gives you into the look of yes it's a comic but in a way they gave you a look into maybe some things that go on you mean in in the real world urban life or something yeah yeah exactly but then uh, I'm starting to forget what to say oh (laughs) I love um 
I love when, uh, you know, in the one part, I love, like, I, I, I put it out on Twitter that uh, I love that they gave Carla from Daredevil a big part oh, in, Luke, in a lot Luke Cage. Bigger. Yeah. And I was like, yes, because she kind of faded away in Daredevil as just as she helped him out. And all of a sudden, she's just gone. Where'd she go? And now we know it's kind of like, oh, that's where she went. You know what I mean? And she's here. And when he needs lawyer help, she goes, I got a lawyer friend. And I'm all, aha, is there going to be some type of crossover? Well, they're building it up. Yeah. 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 They're building it up. Just kind of like they did the crossover with Arrow and Flash. You know, that part was cool. But this is going to be more cool because it's like weaving the fine work into, well, he's going to need somebody. And, you know. Yeah. And I like that. I like that she was um, talking about with her was that her mother or was that her friend? Mother. Or she was okay. Her mother, yeah. Her and mom she was, is pretty badass. And she was talking with her about like, well, I've kind of fallen into this new role where I'm helping these powered people out, you know. And she's like, I wasn't sure I wanted to do this, but it's like, so she's really like struggling with, in mm-hmm. a sense, like, do I want to be the night nurse? That you know, yeah, that I love they dropped the monitor. Yeah, they did. They dropped the it right. Yeah. Like, yes, about time. So I think they're building up that character because now she's seeing, all right, I've met three of these people now and they're all really great, good people deep down and they need my help. And this is where I can help them because I understand them. And you know what I mean? Not to mention now she's really falling in love with Luke Cage. Spoiler. Yeah. 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 I love, I love Carla's mama. That. (laughs) <laughs> she she is the typical yes that that is how <laughs> those mamas are she's like mm-hmm. but the whole background on where cottonmouth came from where what's her name the councilwoman mariah mariah her how their upbringing was just i just sat there and went whoa so is that their who's was that mariah's mom for a second i thought it was grandma but yeah my, i was I was trying to pay attention to all the details at once, and sometimes my brain will drop who, who's who. Yeah, but his grandma. I, how she was just the female in charge. I'm in charge of everything, and she was trying to teach them. And it was how he, how Cottonmouth, how he was this musical kid and pretty much didn't like what they were doing, but then it was forced upon him. You know, like, no, you will be this way and no she's gonna be the lawyer blah 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 and yet it I doesn't just, make yeah. him any more sympathetic of a character because he's such a heinous asshole <laughs> yes exactly and I'm like I know you went to from this really nice kid to this guy that I would like to stab I mean <laughs> you know like yeesh um he was a jerk I, I mean I'm just sitting there going <laughs> Straight up. Right. I was like sitting there most until he, well, you know, mm -hmm, till he was gone. Um, I was just sitting there the whole time going, can this guy die already? I mean, is he never going to die? You know, like. Well, happens soon enough. (laughs) Right. And then Mariah, I was like, oh, Lord, that woman. Oh, no. Don't feel bad for Mariah. Mariah is not a good person. (laughs) I thought the actress did well, and I knew she was nasty from the beginning. I could just tell. Well, that's the thing. That's what I loved about it. She was trying to hold on to her immunity and her humanity in the beginning, and trying to be like, "Brother, we didn't, we didn't. This is not the direction we planned." 
But then by the time she got into it, it was like you you real you knew it was behind her the ability to do what she could do and then she just became all out i mean she almost went kingpin she, on us you know <laughs> she, she had her wilson fisk moment yeah is exactly yeah when i saw it it's well like, and she mentions yeah, wilson fisk too oh sure sure but what got me is i knew she was psycho when she looked at the picture of her grandma or whatever and went ah and slapped her down i'm like okay this woman is too cookie shy you oh, know? Shoot. Like, with her upbringing do you blame her at all i would right exactly i mean they they, they were that, that was not a good woman they were not up, in a yeah. good way you know i mean she she, she it was not you know not a good scene for for anybody except no, for but- mama mabel yeah, exactly mama mabel did it you know chopping off fingers oh yuck Ugh. yeah no kidding right but i, I gotta love... say though i mean like you just said christina some of these actors and actresses played their roles beautifully because i've seen her in other stuff i mean we all have and we've loved yes. her characters and some of her other roles you know what i mean like, amazing i mean star trek first contact right and uh, and it's like in a few other shows that were like movies and TV shows, and we've loved her as Just her characters. Things. But now we we want to hate her. So I mean that's the mark of a good actor, in my opinion. If you can love them in one role, in another role you absolutely hate them, and you want it like, oh, I want to stab you, you know, <laughs> like that just means they're they're doing their job just beautifully you know and i love i loved um theo rossi's character um shades i loved how he oh yeah he was awesome how he, how he played i kept looking for his his sons of anarchy character going <laughs> is it there is it there is it there little bits but he um, had that smirk just right exactly i like the lawyer up you know <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah i loved that he just kept saying lawyer and i he, thought like, he was <laughs> really it was he did a convincing thing that he oh, yeah. was gonna tell and then he's all lawyer uh, like, <laughs> oh. and you gotta talk about misty knight i mean she kicked oh. so much ass oh my gosh yes. i loved her especially on the basketball court she, too <laughs> oh i know and that's that's like third episode and that's the first time that you get any indication of who she actually is oh yeah if you are you know ready to kind of put the pieces together from the beginning right and and so the first time that they call her misty i'm just like okay (laughs) Uh, and then the whole you know mk thing you know her initials on the on the basketball court which i think was also a shout out to the whole marvel knights thing that this oh yeah yeah right on you know um you know, it's like I I knew right there. It's like Misty Knight. I'm so happy. It's just yes. And then at the very end, where you see her dressed up like, you know, in the comic, it's just like yes, badass. Yeah. Although I was not, I was expecting her to lose the arm, because like uh, because she has a cybernetic arm, like Winter Soldier style. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, is she? Is she? Uh, because of the way she remembers things and is a way that able to place out things that happen in a scenario i was thinking that she had some kind of ability too so it does she in a comic no she's she's just an amazing detective but she has a cybernetic arm okay. uh, and then she teams up with uh another gal named colleen wing who i think they're introducing in iron fist I'm yeah, pretty sure I think she's they been will. Cast yeah. Iron Fist. And so those two wind up teaming together as the daughters of the dragon, uh, which is uh, something that uh, uh, one of Iron Fist's enemies basically basically threw at them sarcastically, and they wound up taking it and making their own. They're, they like have a detective agency, and I believe that they team up with Jessica Jones they as do well. Sometimes, but I, yeah. I, I'm gonna I, have to finish that, I guess. Because they, oh. uh, it's it's basically like imagine like Rizzoli and Isles, but 
in the Marvel universe in a sense, right? That's kind of yeah. how I, I mean, I don't know if anybody of you, of you have watched that show or read any of the books that those, that show was based on, but that's kind of how I today would try to describe it. And cause mm-hmm. they're, they're kind of like that. As you could see, she had so much tension with the inside being inside the inside playing inside the rules. Right. Mm-hmm. That it's like, I think at a times they step outside the rules. Well, and, and right. I mean, don't you well, they're, they're that way, Oh, yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they like form their own private so, thing, and then they just can do. Yeah. yeah, they they have their own private detective agency, so it's it winds up working out. Uh, I guess know, per- I guess what I mean is you can kind of see why and how that's oh, set up, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. totally. I mean, she's obviously, you know, uh, I mean, she's she's seen half of her department being completely corrupt. You know, she she's seen the system totally not work. Um, I mean, she even got caught in caught in with the whole thin blue line there for a while when she started even believing that Luke Cage was, was oh, yeah. not a good dude, you know? I mean, uh, well, and you saw other people in the department disgusted too, because like that one guy, when he was leaving the room, he shook his head and was like, damn it. Cause he knew that she was going to get away when he heard that, that, uh, what, that the girl was killed, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's not just her. There are other people in her department that were also seeing that. So she's seeing that I have half the people on my side that see what I'm seeing. And the Mm -hmm. other half is just as corrupt as these other guys. And then my chief's hands are tied, you know? And then you see people really crossing over the line, like uh, where that one uh, detective starts beating up the kid. Oh, yes. Yeah. In interrogation. I mean, young kid who who... Only whose only crime basically is the fact that he nope. was a regular customer at Luke Cage's barber shop. You know, I mean, or the cage where he, the or, shop where he works at. Or, yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, it becomes his barber shop uh, ultimately. But but uh, but yeah, I mean, that's the only association. And these people, or this one detective, wails the hell out of this poor kid. Um, you know, and just it, it's it's it's. Well, yeah. Go, uh, and you, you know who you forget about by the time the show the season is over? Hmm. The crooked cop that helped, you know, that helped Cottonmouth. You know, I, I, I just forgot about him when you were talking about she doesn't see that justice was done. That like um the crooked cop partner yeah. who yeah. helped Cottonmouth, you know, and then he dies for it, but um but you know, by the time he's gone, you're just like, "Hey, who again?" Because, <laughs> but he played a pivotal part. It was kind yeah. of like, it was that necessary bump to get things going, right? Yeah. And it, it's just there's like I said, like it's like a good book. Like I was trying to explain to somebody, it's like a good story. This you might have one or two characters that you like in a show. It's like most shows people have a character that they or two that they like and if the characters leave then they're not really fond of the show anymore. I am that way with some with some shows, Vampire Diaries being one of them. When I knew an actress left, I pretty much did not want to watch the show anymore and I haven't. Um, but like this one, people were dying, people were going right and left, but there's so many characters and Luke Cage is the main one, but there's in the, in the, that there is so many characters, you have the core few that are important. The rest are fluff. Like, um, who's, I can't remember his name, but he was essential. Um, Pop's friend who helped Luke rebuild the shop. Yeah. 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 He, 
he's important, but he wasn't like if he, I think if he had moved away or something, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's understandable, whatever. You know, <laughs> like I wouldn't well, have been sad, sad or anything. You're sad about Pops because yeah. Pops is Pops was so integral to Luke, to Cottonmouth, to the neighborhood. Uh, every, in a neighborhood, even though he was gone, they still lived on. They still tried to do what's right by right but, by what he wanted, but like yes. But Fish was like instrumental in letting Luke know what it was that that Pops wanted and what yeah. the actual situation was in terms of finances and so on and so forth. Exactly. I mean he, he becomes a real asset at that point because he really knows what the deal is at any given point in time and and while he's not as endearing as pops was becomes kind of uh, kind of starts to fill a little bit of that role yeah he becomes i mean i was gonna say in a sense i think if i remember correctly from some of the comics and stuff like later mm -hmm. on christina will probably see him sort of grounding luke in a sense so like if mm -hmm. if luke okay. if luke has the instinct to fly off the handle and just completely crush this thing fish kind of brings him back to the real world and says you know there's a way that we got to kind of do this you know mm -hmm. and and let's be smart about this and do it you know what i mean and and so I, I am i am i am i missing it or do you think that's really what do i got it right there rob no i i think you're i think you're pretty pretty dead on i i i feel that that's probably going to be you know his his role as the advisor you know the, just like you said he you know he he came across as as the more logical you know level-headed kind of yeah. kind of guy let's take a step back um, look at this for one second before we move exactly forward. and then exactly. and then once we move forward it's always forward baby <laughs> yeah um so, <laughs> right? so so yeah yeah so so with uh so i th i think that he's gonna work out really well in in that role you know he he's yeah. not as coddling as pops uh could have right. been so I think that that kind of guidance is going to help Luke really get on his feet and be a hero. And that guy's a damn good actor. Oh, he is. <laughs> I have always liked him. Get it's down. Uh, have you seen The Get Down yet? Oh, no, no. It's, it's, oh, yeah. dude, watch The Get all Down. Right, right. too, and it, it's great. I thought, it, you know, it. it, it I, I love that. I know you just watched it all yesterday, right, Rob? Yeah, well, I started it on Friday and then rewatched it from the beginning so Rach uh, could could watch it the whole thing as well. <laughs> okay, so and, and then John and I and John and I just finished probably around the same time mm -hmm. today, and I I kind I think it's really cool that all three of us are just coming off fresh off of watching it, going ah, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, it's like fresh reactions. It yeah. it. it you know, hit us later, like, oh my gosh, that, and oh my, you know. Well, I do want to watch it again, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait a few weeks to let some things vanish from my mind, so I have that. Um, I think I'm that good so second details. viewing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm gonna do with this the same thing that I did with Star Trek, is that I kind of cycle through the 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 different series, you know, and and then uh, and so that by the time I get back to like you know next gen or something, it's pretty fresh because yeah, I've got right? like. Yeah. Or other shows, and I think I'm gonna start this over again from Daredevil season one and kind of work my way through. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. And then just you know watch it all the way through Luke Cage. Because the other interesting thing about it is we know that some of these ideas, maybe not the whole story or what was going on, but there were little seeds to their idea 
for all these shows leading up to, like you mentioned before, it'll eventually end up with the Defenders, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, so now it might be interesting to go back and see if there's small little details that are hinting towards the future. So, like, mm-hmm. maybe there was something in Daredevil Season 1 or 2 or in Jessica Jones that mm-hmm. hinted towards something that we saw happen in, you know what I mean? And we didn't catch the hint because we hadn't seen Luke Cage yet. You know, mm-hmm. no, no. So that well, might be interesting. Possible. Yeah, entirely possible. I have a question. Aren't they going to make a, a Punisher one? They uh, mentioned they, him. They did mention him in, in Luke Cage, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. And they, they've already said that he's getting a series, but yeah. Uh, yeah. they're not sure where it's going to fall into place uh, because they're, they're on target right now to do Iron Fist like in March and then uh, Defenders in September which should get it in a pretty good place to be able to get them into Infinity War when that winds up dropping. Interesting. Can I, can I ask and a really dumb Ghost question? And they brought Ghost Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Christine. Mm-hmm. No, I just... It's, sorry. It's a dumb question. No. Iron Fist no. would be oh, who? What's that? Who's mm-hmm. Iron Fist? Iron Fist is a dude named Danny Rand. Um, okay, okay. So he's the next He's the next series. He's, he's typically Power Man or, or Luke Cage's partner. Uh, ah, okay, the, okay. The, the 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 TLDR version is that uh, uh, his parents were trying to find this mystical city in the mountains, uh, and exactly, and they wind up crashing. Both of them die. Danny Rand is a, a little kid who winds up uh, um, a little white kid, blonde hair. Yeah, blonde white kid, blue eyes. Uh, did he get found or did he find his way to Kunlun? I don't remember. I can't remember exactly either, but uh, yeah, he he so managed I, to find or get brought to Kunlun or something and yeah. then the master the master took pity on him and then they raised him yeah yeah and and it's kind of interesting because i mean uh, a bunch of his uh um character is really based on being the outsider yeah no matter where he is so so uh he was raised in Kunlun he wound up you know becoming the 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 worthy one who who could you know get uh, you know reach into the heart of the dragon and tame the iron fist but uh ah. but uh, you know all of like, like the master's son was originally going to be the uh, you know was the one who thought that he was entitled to the to the role. Yeah. And, uh, it created all this tension because they they basically you know uh, uh, he didn't fit in there because he was you know this white kid you know and who was uh, seemingly favored by the master. Um, and then when he gets to New York City uh, to you know uh, take his company back potentially. Um, He's well. He's been raised in a monastery for the last twenty years of his life, so he has no idea what what society is in the Western world. So, so he he's out of place no matter where he is. Um, but uh, basically, he's amazing martial artist who has the ability to focus his chi uh, into his uh, into his hands and strike with the force of iron. That's yeah. awesome. To me, yeah. I want to say that all the uh, superheroes come out of jail. <laughs> They're all <laughs> wrongly imprisoned and get superpowers <laughs> from jail. And ta-da! Well, it, it, and, it, and they're bringing it in in other ways now. Like they, like Iron Fist gets his powers through the magic of the chi and and through teachings at Kunlun and and uh, gets the Iron Dragon right. That the power of the Iron Dragon in a sense. Yeah. I guess. Right. And uh, can it manifests itself like like you see? You know, he can get those glowing fists or so sometimes. I, I guess in certain renditions he had the glow, in other renditions he did not. But well, it depends on which version. You know, like yeah. you were saying. But I think it was. Matt Fraction, who wound up doing uh, um, 
immortal iron fist, which which yeah. actually showed that the power was generational. Oh, um, okay, yeah, yeah, so, that's right. Like, yes, yeah, that so was actually previous, a really good run. You're right. Oh, it was phenomenal. And so, like the previous iron fist, Orson Rand uh, could yeah. focused his uh, focused his chi through his guns. You know, uh, so so all these different iron fists could could use it in different ways, and uh, and he kind of learned that that he by only trying to focus it through his hands and whatnot, he was basically doing himself a disservice because it, it it's not such a blunt instrument. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I wonder what way they'll go. We'll have to see. Yeah, I'm really curious. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, and looking forward to things. Here's a couple things I got to say. Uh, one, we have a contest going on and we're going to switch it up. You know, I'm starting to get the uh, idea that I understand people on social media, when they're seeing contests, they really don't want to actually do anything. So here's what we're going to do, Christina. We're going to change this up. We're just going to repost that contest. They get all, they win all three. Oh, nice. Pops. Okay. So we're just going to do it where you can win all three of those pops by retweeting and posting the, uh, our next group of tags that we bring out, still tagging super awesome pop contest. But if you do attach a video, we'll give you two entries as a bonus because you posted a video and let us look at something cool. But we're going to change it to where you don't have to. We'll just post a new thing with pictures of the pops, and all you need to do is retweet. And that'll be that'll get you an entry in that contest to win those. And if you give us a video, that'll just be a bonus, right? And let Rand, awesome. number Jesus do his dirty work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So yeah. Not that hard, people. Retweet. And then see us tweeting it. Retweet it. Retweet it with your friends. Kind of yeah. like Funko does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Retweet to win a pop. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so we'll do that. That for those three pop that we have. And then the other thing is, speaking of, like, we were talking with Rob about his great time at Rose City Con. Mm -hmm. We have our first convention coming up. I have teamed up with Chris Perillo and Slav Snutlovsky. Sorry if I butchered your name, Slav. Uh, But, um, yes, the town of Issaquah is in. We've had all our meetings with them. The convention center at the town of Issaquah. The town of Issaquah community of is way more room than we ever thought so this convention may have something on the uh, end of over a hundred vendors and it's only five dollars to get in the door trying to keep it real cheap and uh, if anyone is interested in being a vendor we have a cool website um if you just go to www.superawesomegeekshow.com you can go in the upper right corner and uh, shoot us an email and we will get you all that information on how to sign up for the event. We have tables as low as twenty-five dollars. So bargain. yeah, we've already got. Uh, it's the day it went live. We started getting people signing up almost immediately. So we've nice, already got nice. vendors signing up. Um, and I was a little bit shocked because I was like, "Ooh, March nineteenth, twenty seventeen is right in between Emerald City and Star Wars Celebration." So I'm like, mm-hmm. "I don't know how many vendors are going to be like willing to do something like two or three weeks." You know, that's a lot in a row. Good. But no, you know, having with, uh... I think low prices and something cool just going on in between. I think we're going to get it. We're going to do just fine. You know. Yeah. Well, and don't forget to Emerald City this year. Uh, this was the first year where they were really uh, uh, doing a juried uh, panel to select the folks who got into Artist Alley. Oh, wow. So there's a ton of local artists who 
missed their Not opportunity yet. that yeah. were there every year before, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, that's cool. So, so you know, that's a, a potential group of people to, to talk to, you know, of an alternate show rather than, than uh, Emerald that they didn't get into. Yeah. Well, and you know that I know a lot of them. I mean, we were going through our oh, contact yeah. list, and I've got over 500 <laughs> people that I've met since doing this show. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. So thanks, guys. You know, it's been a pleasure <laughs> and a great time getting to know you all and getting to meet all these great people. But, um, you know, most of you will be expecting expect an email soon because I'm going to send out details to everybody I know, and we'll fill that place up and have a great time. Oh, yeah. Sounds amazing. All right. Well, and on that note, I think uh, – Let's all get out of here, unless we got any final thoughts. Uh, do you mind if I uh, make a quick mention about my We Love Fine thing? Go I, right I ahead. About it on here that at is, all. That is an uh, amazing thing. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, so, uh, Emerald City Comic Con this year, I actually got recruited by We Love Fine to uh, design for them under the uh, Marvel license, uh, which, of course, you know, I mean, this was just bloody crazy. Um, uh, my first design... Um, got approved uh, a couple months ago now, and uh, I am an official artist with with We Love Fine, uh, and I got approved to work on uh, a couple other licenses like Star Wars, um, Star Trek, Steven Universe, and so on. So, so I'm just I'm really excited. Uh, the first shirt uh, should be out here. I'm thinking early part of next year. It's a Black Panther stained glass design. Um, that I'm really excited to, to, to see uh, come out. And if anybody's interested, before they're in stores, I'll have a small stock of them myself uh, that I should have at my next show, uh, Jet City Comic Con in Tacoma, beginning of November. Yeah, November 5 and 6, right? It's 5 and 6 or 4 and 5? I think it's 5 and 6, but... We, You're yeah. probably right. <laughs> I know I'll be there on the 5th, so... Oh, yeah, the first weekend in November down in Tacoma Convention Center. <laughs> I know I'll be there on the 5th, and then the 6th, I think I fly out to see my mother. So, Right on. Yeah, We're doing an early Thanksgiving, so then I can be back here for the retail job, day job. Ah, uh, yes. Madness of Black Friday, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Uh, that, because that's so... to be thankful for the things you have, you must go and buy more and run over other people and make poor retail people work on Thanksgiving, which yes. is rude. And not actually see their mom on Thanksgiving, but see them at the beginning of the month instead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am all for being supportive of my retail friends. I think it's horrible. And yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, hey, I mean, I guess stores stay in business on one hand, but I think people should be with be able to be with their families on that Thanksgiving holiday. And people need to not be standing in line, horking their turkey while they're waiting for a TV. I mean, yeah, couldn't we get do it, it the like, next couldn't day? Couldn't we do it a couple I mean, days later, right? Yeah, there's <laughs> just a level of greed that these that these businesses have where they want to force their employees into working on days where they should be with their families. I had, uh, I had a friend that worked Black Friday, went home and slept a couple hours, um, didn't have to go a family to go to have Thanksgiving with. I ended up taking them food before they went back to... No, they worked the night before Thanksgiving. I went and took them food, and then they went and worked... The Black Friday, right? The Black Friday, yeah. but had to be at work at like 5 p.m. And then got off at like 7 a.m. in the morning, went home, slept several hours, and had to go back the next day. I'm just yeah. like, 
That is so it, dumb because they're a manager. And well, I'm there's just a like, lot of there's a lot of jobs like that. There's a lot of retail out there where um, they pretty much want you there so much that you're going home, eating, going to sleep, and going back to the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> my um, brother so, has had to do that. My brother had to do that a number of times when he worked at places like Lowe's and uh, those kind of like Walmart. Home, well, no, he he always did like the gardening and the wood department and stuff like that. But there were a lot of times where he was pretty much going home, eating, sleeping, coming back to work because of those times. You know, Black Friday time, the uh, the week re- before Christmas, the you know I Easter, the Halloween. You know, it's like yeah. I refuse to shop. I will do Cyber Monday because mm-hmm. I prefer online shopping. But um, I, I will not. I will not put myself out on the Black Friday crowd. I stay home. I no. I do not go. Nope. It should just do it a week later. That's all I say. That'll that'll solve I, everything. I, I, I go right? Right? shop when I feel like it. Sure. Not, it's. I don't care if it's a great deal. No, I will not go. I will not. And people are rude and the poor employees working get rudeness. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't go. But anyway, that's we, the worst we digress part. and we were saying goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's true. All right. Goodbye, everybody out there. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Super Awesome Geek Show. And uh, one last thing before we go. We are quickly approaching episode 100. <gasps> yeah. So that's, that's going to be a big celebration for all of us. We're gonna. I'm really gonna try to push that. Yes. For episode number 100 and. Nice, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Celebrate. <laughs> It'll be a virtual barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, we could, and we'll, 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 you know, we could just get like a couple songs going, you know, celebration. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it would be cool if we were all in the same room. That would be awesome. <laughs> as long as it doesn't devolve into kumbaya, I'm okay. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. Have a good night, everybody out there. Good day, good weekend, and keep it. Bye. 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 All right. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to the Super Awesome Geek Show with John Adams, Jason Rigdon, Eric Locke, Matt B, and Rob Clifford. The Super Awesome Geek Show is part of Kingdom of the Geeks. We put up new episodes every Friday. You can find us on iTunes and on the website at superawesomegeekshow.com. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash superawesomegeekshow. Follow us on Twitter at awesomegeekshow. And if you'd like to help, you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash superawesomegeekshow. Or make one of the purchases of our fine toys, art, and collectibles on the eBay store, stores.ebay.com slash kingdomofthegeeks. All your support does help, and we really, really appreciate it. If you'd like to be on the show, just contact us, superawesomegeekshow at gmail.com. Well, that about wraps it up. Thanks a lot for listening, and see you next Friday on the Super Awesome Geek Show! Super Awesome Geek Show!